I've never been asked to give my life. I've never thought I would have to give it for the gospel. But if I was faced with that, I know what I would want to do. And I pray that God would count me worthy to be willing to lay down my life for the sake of the gospel. How much do you love him tonight? Do you love him as much as the alcoholic loves his God? Sure, Brother Paul, do you really? He loves his God so much that he will forsake houses and lands everything in the world lay in the gutter on the street wallowing in his own vomit in order to serve his God. Saying a lot when you say I love him that much. Do you love him as much as you love as the drug addict loves his God? Say in a heart. We say that we can't become completely yielded to his spirit. But Those that live in the world are completely yielded to the spirit they serve. St. Louis has yet to see and feel the impact of a man or a church totally given to God. And I say that with all the respect and feeling that I know how. Houston, Texas, it would be church totally given to God. And I say that with all the respect and feeling that I know how. Houston, Texas, it would be if one church or even one man could be totally, completely given to God. Brother Foster, don't agree with you. It's all right. What are you going to do with scriptures that says greater works than these? That's the words of the Master talking about what he does. What are you going to do with scriptures that said you will do greater works than these? Are you doing them? 
I'm not answering it for you. Someday somebody's got to answer it. No needing us putting my head behind the curtain, thinking it's going away. Where are the modern day Paul? Oh, we got them. Have we? Which one of us would be stoned, shipwrecked, beaten, imprisoned, stocks and bonds? Then when we were told, if you go to Jerusalem, Paul, you're going to suffer when you get there. We just got you out from under a pile of stones. We've nursed you back to health now. You're not even well. And you say you're going to Jerusalem. They're waiting for you. That old apostolic preacher looked at him and said, Wait a minute. I'm not only willing to go to Jerusalem and suffer, but I'm willing to die when I get there, if need be. How much do you love him tonight? How do you feel about it, Brother What does it really mean to you? Do you really feel like some people say? Heaven is going to be a place where we won't have to pray anymore. Do you really feel that way about prayer? I've heard some preachers say that, man, it'll be great to never have to preach again. Is that really the way you feel about the gospel? Just think. No more church to go to. My God, help me. I love this with all of my heart. You are what I live for. Take, take everything. But this. Take it all, but don't take my Lord. Would you love him right now? Just love him.
I come to you again tonight with a heart somewhat puzzled, but knowing when God speaks to us that we must do what the Lord says. And I would like to read for you out of the book of Daniel. And I'm not going to deal with Daniel's dream, Daniel's image. I'm not going to talk to you about the mixture of iron and clay. As far as I can tell, the first Perhaps the first message in tongues that ever came to a man was written on the wall by the hands of God. And it took the man of God to interpret that. But before Daniel read that inscription over against the candlestick, It simply said, you're weighed in the balances, and you are found wanting. He talked to a man, and I want to pick up just this one statement that he made. Here's what he said. Chapter 5, verse 22. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart. A lot of people haven't humbled their heart. Lots of men fall into that category. But the next clause, thou hast not humbled thine heart, though. Thou knewest all of this. Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12 and verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him much shall be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask more. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, 
lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect the greater salvation? Chapter first began to be spoken by the Lord, confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Notice a particular thread running through each of these verses. Daniel, you told Belshazzar, you know too much. Lord, in your writings and your teachings through Luke, you made the statement, them that know not shall be beaten with few stripes. Can you change the wording? He said, to whom much is given, much is going to be required. In other words, the more you know, the more it's going to cost you. And then we come down to where the writings of the apostle in the book of Hebrews, we ought to give the more earnest heed to things. Not that uh, we don't know about, but things that we have heard that have been confirmed unto us. Then out of Luke, or out of the book of Second Peter, chapter 1 and verse 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. You've heard. You know. And if you do these things, you shall never fail. Verse 16. We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We know, chapter 2 and verse 19, Second Peter, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought to bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, 
The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known. You'll pay for what you know. It's been better for you not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mind. I could use any one of three subjects here tonight. You know too much, you'll pay for knowing. Or I could talk to you about going to hell in the shadow of the cross. Or I simply could ask you a question. Where are you going from here? And conclude it with an answer. From 13th and Gravoy to hell. You know too much. God, I ask you to smile on us tonight. And somehow I feel that I'm speaking to that person that's very near eternity tonight. God, I don't know who they are. I will, Lord, because you never fail to show us. But somehow I'm asking you to give me the anointing that I can reach into the heart and somehow stroke the proper strains of that heart and cause it to look to you. God, I know that I'm not speaking to people that don't know. The one that you brought here tonight knows too much. Help me, O oh God. Remind them that they stand in the shadow of the cross tonight. Not that men would be praised and honored, but all the glory would be yours. In Jesus' name we ask you. Everybody sitting there. You may be seated. I believe that I would be safe tonight to say and I'm talking to you, sir. Ma'am, I'm talking to you. Young man, young woman, boy or girl. I believe that it would be safe for me to say tonight that if after tonight you go to hell, you are the world's biggest fool. 
Well, I don't like for you to tell me that, preacher. You better hope and pray to the God that you love that somebody can get that to soak through your mind. You're not thought. I looked at these young men on this platform behind me tonight. I look over here to my left, fine young women. I watched them worship. Sandy, I watched you last night. Of course, you're one of my favorite people. I've talked about you everywhere I go. But I watched you worship last night. Honey, don't ever lose that. But Sandy, Brother Falk wants to tell you, I don't care what this world offers you. Honey, if you go to hell, you're so foolish. Eddie, you and Steve kind of captured my heart. Last year when I was at your campground, and I've thought about what wonderful young men you were. I don't know the young man's name that plays the organ and the piano and the tall boy. I met him last year, many of the rest of you, a little black-headed fellow, Dan and David. I've thought how great you are to this church and how much Brother Black must love you, but Eddie, Steve, Dan, David, if either one of you go to hell, you boys are the world's biggest fool. You say, well, Brother Foss, you should not talk to us like that. Wait a minute. You say those Boys and the ones that you've mentioned would never, never, never lose out with God. That's what I pray. Wait a minute. I can go in my dad's office, and on the wall there are pictures of conventions from years gone by. You can stand there and look at just the preachers. This one is no longer with us. That one no longer loves the Lord. That one's gone. This one is gone. I remember in my childhood days some men that made such a deep, indelible impression on my life. One of them came to our city after I was preaching the gospel and he was traveling with a young boy called Little David. 
I walked up to the platform and introduced myself to that man. He stayed in our home and he looked at me and said, Really, you're not who I think you are. I said, Yes, sir, I am. And I could remember the messages that I've heard that man preach. But those messages no longer abide in that heart. God. I fought the call to the ministry. I hated the idea. I was a preacher's boy. And I guess that's why that maybe if I cut any slack for anybody, it would be a preacher's kid. Quite an experience, my friend. And I made up my mind that I had seen enough of this business of preaching that I wasn't fixing to be a preacher when I grew up, when I settled on what I wanted to do. Back in my heart, I knew as a child that someday I'd have to obey the call of God. I'll never forget the night that I said yes to the Lord. But in those years, I can remember men that so deeply impressed me. And as it turned out, I'm not like anybody. And I suppose that's good. And I don't want anybody to be like me. And that's that. The young men coming up in our church at home, I tell them, look, don't try to preach like me because you can't do it, number one. Because I make so many blunders and mistakes, nobody could do it the way I do it. But everybody has their own ministry. And you can't beat it when it's anointed. I don't care who it is. Amen. But I had it in my heart that I wanted to be like a certain man. And I've seen him. My dad's church walked the altars and preached on the oneness of God. Water baptism in Jesus' name. Not just for a little while, but by the hour. And I've sit there as a boy and marvel at that man's ability. I knew that he had strayed from the truth. I was at home visiting my parents. I was pastoring a church. And the telephone rang and Dad answered the phone. I heard him talk to my mother and say, Do you remember a certain party? And he said, Yes, I remembered it well. But he's here in a convention, and he's on his way out to the house. He wants to see. I remember him walking into the house. I remember in his shirt pocket with cigars. 
saw him sit down, and they talked. One of my dad's bosom buddies when they were young men. Dad looked at him, and they were talking about preaching, and he was still a preacher. And I heard him say, well, I preach it just like I used to, Oliver. Daddy said, Albert, you don't preach like you used to preach to me. He said, do you remember how you used to preach the message of the oneness of God? What a baptism in Jesus' name. I watched that man when tears filled his eyes. Yeah, I remember. He said, Oliver, that's why I wanted to come talk to you. I looked the other day and tried to find it. But it's not there anymore. What are you saying? I'm telling you that there comes a point in a man's life that God will let a man do what he wants to do to his own damnation. The devil completely stole that glorious truth out of his heart. I went into my room and closed the door. I said, God, before you let it get away from me, take me out of this world. Because I was listening to a man that knew too much. I can understand Perhaps a heathen not being saved. Just a few days from now, in the Philippines, some men will allow themselves to be crucified. Saw the pictures the other night by the black. Brother Carl Adams had those pictures of a sight bleeding back and a man being nailed to the cross. Brother Adams told me, said Brother Foss, he'll probably be crucified again this Easter season. In those pictures, over broken glass, I watched them allow themselves to be beat to a pulp, not knowing that God Himself came to this earth and allowed Himself to be crucified and killed and beaten. Once and for all.
I can understand the heathen not knowing, perhaps in going to hell. But I cannot understand for the life of me how that a person that felt what some of you have felt and have experienced what some of you have experienced, how that you can let it slip away from you and go merrily sliding along into a red, hot, raging hell. I know some of you perhaps never been to a Pentecostal church. You don't want a preacher telling you that there's a hell. Honey, just as sure as God made little apples, there's a red-hot hell waiting for you unless you make a turnaround in your life and give it to God. that you've never felt before. How do you know? There's been people praying all night that you would be touched and those prayers are not going unheard tonight. It's not because I'm the preacher or I'm the evangelist, but it's because the church has got a hold of God and you didn't just happen to be here. God ordained that you would be here tonight. Going to hell in the shadow of the cross, knowing too much. Merrily along, traveling with a multitude, laughing and screaming your way. Toward an endless eternity. Sir, listen to me for a minute tonight. You're not far away from it. But I am afraid that the word hell has lost its meaning to us. And you don't really believe in hell. How many of you believe in hell, really? Do you really believe in hell? You really believe that there is a hell? Do you really? What do you know about it? You really believe there's a hell? Honey, I'm talking to you. You really believe it? Do you really believe that it burns with fire and with brimstone? You really believe that? Do you believe that a man must be born of the water and the spirit and speak in tongues in order to miss that kind of a place? Do you really believe that? Do you believe that it's a light? What the book called it? that burns 
And oh God, when you look at a lake, it's not just a little placid, smooth body of water. Stood on the back of our home a few days ago, and I watched the north wind, northwest wind coming across the lake. Down at the bulkhead where a boat was tied, I watched the water hit that bulkhead and dash into the air. Ten, twelve feet. I watched it wash over the pier, come crashing its way to the bank. You see, when you go to talking about hell, it wouldn't be water, but it would be red molten fire and brimstone rolling its way constantly into the shore. When it broke, it would throw it into the air. And as it spattered into the air, sparks fly. But somewhere out there in the roar of those flames and the roar of those waves, you could hear a voice, my friend, that voice through eternity. Oh, oh somebody help me. Why don't you go ahead and look at the waves, sir? You, they're saved. And you're secure and you're snug in a church that's full of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you take a look at hell tonight? If you've got a boy that's lost, why don't you stand there and watch that raging, roaring hell as it rolls that wave? toward the bulkhead of eternity. And when it breaks, you'll see a hand come out and watch the fire run down the arm. And suddenly you look into the hollow eyes of a young man and it's your boy. Hey, that's what I'm talking to you about. I'm telling you that you don't believe that your son, your daughter, is just a step away from eternity. If you thought they was near, hell, you would run to them tonight. You wouldn't dare stay in your seat. You would run to them. Honey, my God, wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. But because you have not got the ability to take the Word of God for what it is, you let hell roll merrily along and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, drawing your son, your daughter. Oh, that God would help me tonight, that I could do something that would make you stop looking at men, that you wouldn't see him as your little darling, but you would see him as a dying son, a daughter with their foot right on the bank of hell crying, help me, help me. You know too much 
and you're going to pay for it. Hell. 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 Look at the old drunkard walk. He staggers down the street. You get out of his way and you let him go by. But ah, going to hell. Yeah, poor thing. He's going to die and you're going to go and, and you're going to put him in the ground and, and it'll all be over with. Oh, no, honey. It just started because that poor old staggering drunk will wallow in a red hell looking for somebody to help me and get me out of here some way. You say, oh, but Brother Foss, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Reason I say that you've never really come to grips with hell because you can't stand what happens to the human body. They asked me, said, do you want to see Brother Foss? We'll, we'll let you see somebody cremated. And I said, okay. You know, the other side of me. You remember the message I preached to you Sunday night? What would make me ask? Yeah, I'd like to see it. They called me also and said, we're going to put a man in the electric chair. And uh, we just wondered, this has been several years ago, about 20 years ago in our state. And the sheriff called me, a friend of mine, said, I've got to be a witness to the execution. Just thought you might want to go along. My first impulse, Brother Black, was, I'll go. And he said, now, Brother Foss, you'll be where he can't see you, but you'll get to see everything that he does. But you can't say a word. I said, okay, Bertis, I'll, uh, I'll go with you. And I got to thinking about it. What's the matter with you, preacher? What are you doing? You really going to go and watch a man walk headlong into hell that you've preached about and not say a word? You're going to watch them strap him in a chair and watch the electrodes be placed on his head, one on the back of his head, at his heart, around his arms, around his feet. You're going to watch the lights when they flicker, when that man jams that switch. And you're going to see the lights dim, and he'll pull it back, wait five seconds, jam it again. I asked God to forgive me. I said, no, I can't go. I can't do it. I won't do it. If somebody would let me talk to him first. It would be a different story, but not that way. I cannot watch a man do that. One of the engineers that helped put Mr. Grisham into space was coming to NASA from Seabrook. He saw a fire burst into flames. He run up to that door and that car 
young lady had hit an abutment of a bridge. The car burst into flames. And this man run up there. And she wasn't hurt, seemingly. But it jammed the car so bad he couldn't get the doors open. Beautiful blonde. And he pulled on the doors, burned his hands, ruined his hands. He watched hers. The flames got to her in that car. He heard her scream. He couldn't get her out. He watched her pat that blonde hair and try to put it out. He watched her go through the contortions of dying in fire. A man that, a great man, a real mind. Eight weeks later, no sleep. I wake up at night. All I can see is somebody patting that blonde hair. I can hear them screams in the night. Start raving mad. He is in the institution for the insane tonight. Just about 80 miles from where I live. That's what I'm telling you, sir. You never come to grips with that. All you can think about is that poor old drunkard going to hell. That poor little African that's never heard going to hell. That's all you can understand. That's all you can say. But oh God, when you look at the African, when you look at the man that don't know, when you look at the heathen and you see him wallowing in fire, when you look at the drug addict and somehow you seem to say he would be better off dead. Not so, my God, no, no, no. Don't ever say that. The only way you can say it is because you've never saw what it's like for a person to burn in a red hot hell. You see, when Jesus Christ saw it, when God saw it, he made up his mind that I'll come and die to save a man. You never hear nothing else I say. Honey, don't go there. Don't go there. I wonder what it's going to be like when it all comes down to the end. And you live in the little secure cocoon and well he's going to wipe all the tears from our eyes. I wasn't going to preach to you long tonight. But oh God help me. This burden is about to kill me tonight. He's going to wipe the tears from my eyes. 
Not going to be any heartaches, but honey, don't count on it. Because you will never walk streets of gold with the blood of your children dripping from your fingertips. Hear me. Hear me. unsaved companions, you would go home tonight, and you would beat on the door, and you'd say, honey, wake up, wake up, honey, wake up, my God, wake up, I want to talk to you, what's wrong, oh, brother Foss, I wouldn't do that, it'd scare them, it'd shock them, honey, you better shock them, oh, it's been a long time since I felt what I'm feeling tonight, 
God help me to get it over to you that men are going to hell and they're fools for doing it because you're where you can feel the power, the glory of God. You can feel the presence of God. You know too much. You're going to pay for it. For the false, don't, don't make it like that. Honey, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. I can't change it. It's out of way. I was preaching the other night. Gary, Daddy, put his arms around you, and my heart felt like it was going to burst. You were seated at your drums, and I felt like if I didn't somehow make you understand that I loved you more than anything in the world, that is proud of you. But, honey, you pray for Daddy. If I ever see you missing the mark, that God will wake me up. I don't know what I'd do, honey, if I lost you. Brother Black, if I thought my oldest boy was in a rich man's hell tonight, how could I preach what I'm preaching now? How could I talk about it if I thought he was down there? And he... Oh, Brother Foss, I don't believe he can see anything. Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. The book said that the man looked up and saw some things. And don't forget it, my friend. You will be seeing things too. When he looked up, he saw a rich man. He saw Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. That rich man said, Oh, would you send him? Let him dip his finger in water. How in the world could I preach tonight knowing that my boy was listening to what I say? And he would say, Daddy, my God, why didn't you do something to keep me from coming here? Hey! Yet, the worst of all, a person in hell. is the one that Solomon talked about. Brother Black, you preached a funeral the day before yesterday. Or maybe it was yesterday. Unusual, wasn't it? Very unusual. Not hard. I uh, told my church the other night that I wanted them to start praying now. My old dad don't have long in this world, and he's not here for long, going down so fast. But I found myself studying about his service. You know, who are you going to get to take care of the service? What are you going to have? Here's the old pioneer of Pentecost. 
Brother Black, I asked my church to pray for me. Not another man knows him like I know him. I don't believe there's a living man could preach his service like I could preach it if God would give me the strength to do it. Hear what I'm telling you. When a saint of God dies, and it hurts, but Brother Black, there is a joy. There is a joy in the death of the saints because you can preach that service and know that everything's all right. But, oh, God, help me. Help me. Solomon said, I saw everything done under the sun. And I saw the wicked buried. My God, that's not so bad. Walked through the cemetery and I was in one today and here's one that didn't know God. There's one that didn't know God. There's another one that didn't know God. Oh, those services are hard. But honey, when you tell me that you've got to preach a service for a man that is set in the presence of God, a man that is spoken in tongues, a man that loved God, and I preached the service of a backslider, there's something about it. I ask God, God, why don't you take this away from the ministry? Solomon said, I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy. And I'm talking to some of you tonight that's just about to walk out of the place of the holy. Yeah. I ought to stand at this door back here. I ought to get Brother Black at the other door. I ought to give an altar call from back here tonight. I ought to make you walk down the aisle and look two preachers in the face. And I ought to tell you once and for all, you go out of this building without God. I'm going to tell you, you're going to hell, sir. And your blood is not going to be required at my hands. Clean. How about it? Walk down the aisle and look him in the face. Tell that preacher. Okay. Okay. Walk down the aisle and look at him and say, Don't worry about me. You give me time to walk down this other aisle. I just want to be sure before I close. Because you see, you may never hear the voice of another preacher again. I just want to remind you. Don't make a mistake. You know too much. Go into hell in the shadow of the cross. Are you sure you want it to be the way it's going to be tonight? Are you sure you want it the way it is? Are you sure? Oh, God. 
Oh God. Let me walk up on the platform a minute. God bless you, my brother. Never forget you, son. Never forget you. Does anybody know anything good about Jesus the man? Never forget it. Good singing tonight. Love you, Stephen. Love you, Eddie. Done a good job at the banquet the other night. Be sure and give God the glory. Great singing. Sandy, everybody loves you. Hold on. Hold on. Great singing. You sang in the trio the other night. Fantastic singing, Sister Black. Brother Foss has learned to appreciate you since I've been here. What are you going to do? Are you sure you want it to be the way it's going to be now? You really ready for me to close? You want me to close it just like it is? Honey, I asked to meet you last night. This boy here, precious boy. Great in the kingdom. Going to hell in the shadow of the cross. Now then I could come into the audience. Point my finger at you and tell you you're not ready. Son, I wish you had that robe on tonight. I wish you had that beard on your head the other night. I'll never forget the look in them eyes when he walked by me and said, does anybody know? Honey, don't ever quit asking that question. Hey, Simon, I looked at your cross, the cross the other night. Honey, hang in there with your heart. The devil wants you. He wants you. He wants every one of you. Who is it? Who is it have I preached to tonight that'll never hear the voice of another preacher? You know too much. I want every eye closed. I want every head bowed. Oh God. Oh, God.
I've finished my course tonight. I've given you my heart. Mom, Mom, Dad, I've talked to you tonight. Something needs to happen in the interior of your soul. Amen. Hey, boy. Hey, girl, listen to me. Hell is just a step away. David! Why did you say there is just a step between you and death? You see, at this very moment, there could be a guided missile seated on a bar stool, being fueled up, headed on a collision course with you tonight. Brother Foss, it couldn't happen on the way home. It couldn't happen on the way home. Hey. Hey, listen to me. If I'd have just walked out with old Bannon and looked across the prairie, I could have seen the red flashing lights. I could have heard the wail of the siren. If I'd have just looked, Brother Black, just a mile and a half from home, I lost him. You hear what I'm telling you? It can happen to you, sir. The Lord. The Lord is talking to you tonight. Don't. Put it aside. I know I'm preaching in another man's church, and I don't usually preach this way. Not in a man's church, but somehow I can't get away from it. I can't do it, sir. I can't do it. You're going to live. You're going to live. Please don't anybody look anymore. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Where are you, sir? Where are you, man? I'm looking for you. I could come down there and put my hands on you. When I touched you a while ago, I felt that touch. I'm begging you now. While they start singing, would you come to this altar and give God a chance to make it all all right with you? I wish I could just stop right here and not do anything else. I wish I could just walk away and not say another word. But I must do it. You know how to pray. Talk to God. Talk to God. My back is against the gates of hell. They're walking by so fast. But somehow, I've got to reach somebody. Pray. You've got to leave. Pray. 
brother boss. You get your mind on God. They're going to hell. They're slipping by us. We've got to get a hold of them. Come on. Come on. God bless this young lady walking out of hell. Walking toward God. If there's anybody here that you know needs to be here, you ought to be going to them tonight. Son, you need to be here with Brother Boss tonight. lady, come on. Son, come on to God tonight. Oh, God. 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 One more time, church. One more time. Goodbye! Goodbye! Out of the reach of the love of God! 